Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today, I'm talking with Lauren Kolsky. She is a med student and the recent recipient of the 2017 Ho Din Award. Uh, We're going to talk about medicine and the humanity of medicine and where that's going in the future. And Lauren, I'm glad that you're here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about this award, then we'll kind of get to know who you are and the things that you've done, because you've already done quite a bit for people in the area in more of a uh, charity nonprofit sense, but uh, you're also going to be doing a lot more in the medical field specifically. So uh, real quick, talk to me about what the Hoden Award is. So the Hoden Award is the highest award given by the Southwestern Medical Foundation to a graduating medical student who they think exemplifies not only good knowledge of medicine, um, but also who embodies the humanitarian side of medicine and treating the person rather than the disease. You're in good company with this award, uh, and there aren't a lot of other people who have won this. Uh, Previous winners include Nobel Prize winners, so you're... It's got to feel good, right? Yes, there's been quite a precedent set here, so I hope I can live up to it. Does it feel, is there a pressure to it, do you feel? Um, not particularly. It's it's really just an incredible honor. I remember hearing about it during my first year of medical school and reading about the winner that year and just thinking that I was so proud to go to the same medical school as someone like that. Do you uh, apply for something like this, or do they find you? They found me. They let me know, actually, completely by surprise. That's that's got to make it even more special. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a memory that I'm, I'll definitely cherish. Okay, so we're we're combining your knowledge of medicine. We're also combining your humanitarian efforts. Let's say, um, is that kind of what got you into into medicine? Absolutely. Um, growing up, I knew I wanted to be a scientist, but I didn't really think about going into medicine until high school. I went to Ursuline Academy of Dallas, mm-hmm. and they really um, push. Uh, community service and volunteerism on everyone. And for me, medicine's kind of, it's a combination of those two things. You're using science to serve people. Do you consider yourself more of a scientist or a doctor? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I, with my patients, I think I'm more of a doctor. I feel like I, I connect with them more on a personal level, but personally, I, I'm a complete nerd and love reading about science, but I don't geek out on them too much. So you do see a difference between uh, scientists and doctors, and maybe the biggest thing between those two is the the humanity of being a doctor and actually having to work with a patient in, in that bedside manner. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about where you're at in your medical career. I know that you're close to being done. Is that accurate? How yes. close are you? I'll be graduating in about a week. Okay. So does that feel? What does that feel like? It is surreal. I've already had a few people call me Dr. Kolsky, and luckily now I can still correct them and say, no, that's not true. But in a week, that will definitely be true, and the reality of it is is finally hitting me, I think. You're not letting anybody slide? You're, you're, you're not just <laughs> be like, if somebody calls you Dr. Kolsky today, you wouldn't be like, 
Oh, well, like if my mom calls me that, I'll there let it go. slide. All right, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that's very, very good. All right, so how long have you been in med school? How long have you been working towards this goal? I've been in med school for four years. Four years. All right, so you're ready to be done. Yes. And what did you study specifically? So med school, everyone studies the same thing. You have four years of learning basic science, medicine, and then treating patients as well. And then after that, you decide to specialize. And depending on what you specialize in, it's another three to ten years sometimes of residency. Uh, what was your undergrad then in? My undergrad was in at Vanderbilt in molecular biology and Spanish. And Spanish. Yes. Okay, mixing them up. I like that. So Spanish is definitely going to come in handy in your new career. Absolutely. It already has. I've... Was that was that something you'd kind of planned on? Yes. I knew I, I'm from Texas, and I know that living here, if you can speak Spanish fluently, it opens a whole new world to you, and that's something that I wanted to be able to do. Very interesting. Okay, so you're a science nerd. Yes. And you want to apply that into a certain field. Did you always know that you were going to be a doctor? Because you said that you were always interested in science and you could have just been a molecular biologist. Mm -hmm. Um, So when did you make that decision to become a doctor? I think in college, when I studied molecular biology, I was leaving those options open to myself that maybe I would just stay on a bench and hopefully discover something amazing. Um, But I kept kind of dabbling in in medicine and shadowing and volunteering, and that's really what hooked me, I think, was getting to interact with patients and see physicians and see how they treat patients. Was that surprising to you, that that human element and how important it was? Absolutely. I mean, I've been lucky enough that I've never had to go to the doctor any more than an annual checkup, and everyone in my family has been relatively healthy But I was able to see patients in crisis on the worst day of their life and how doctors are able to help get on their level, talk to them, come up with a plan to help them tackle something that seems absolutely insurmountable. Did you have to work harder at being compassionate or maybe did you have to work on that as hard as you did in your general studies? I think it is something that you have to work at because... You know, you're not going to get along with every single person. And when you go into the hospital for um, that, you know, it's another day at the office, but it could be the worst day for every person you're talking to. And with any kind of diagnosis, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's anger, and they might reflect that onto you. So oftentimes you have to take a step back, try to see where, where they're coming from. And it's something that I think I'm going to have to constantly work out for the rest of my life. You're, you're going to have a lot to do with your studies um, and then you decided to also add more onto that plate by doing charity and nonprofit work in and outside of medicine. So let, let's talk about how you got started with with that area of your life and in adding it to an already very stressful and busy schedule. Well, for me, working in nonprofit and doing volunteering has always been a part of my life ever since high school. So it's something that I always have to have as hobby, more or less. And so going into med school, I knew that there were so many opportunities, especially at Southwestern, to work in free clinics and to help underprivileged populations here in Dallas. And so I really wanted to be a part of that, not just as a volunteer, but to challenge myself and try to manage one of these clinics, because that's something I had never done before. And it was definitely very, very difficult, um, but it was a very rewarding experience as well. How did you get involved with that clinic? So I got involved with the Agape Clinic my second year of medical school, along with four other managers. And we were put in charge of this. This, It was a completely new uh, clinic at that time. And they only worked about one day a month, and we were able to grow it into working uh, every once a week and having many specialties as well to come and take care of the patients. 
And um, also, based on the needs in that community, we're able to start other new clinics, like the Agape Women's Clinic, to help provide well woman exams because they had this book of just women's names who needed this well woman exam. It's a very basic and easy thing to do, but it just wasn't available to them. So we're able to make this available to them. And the OB-GYN department at Southwestern just jumped at the opportunity to go and help all these women as well. So did you, so you kind of started that, that women's clinic, correct? Yes. Being kind of modest, aren't you? <laughs> well, it was me and the other managers as well. It is, it takes a village, absolutely, to, to put something <laughs> like this together. And there are times that we often have to call your other manager and say, I, I can't handle this. Can you please help me out with this? And the great thing is, especially amongst my class, is that everybody works together so well and is able to help each other out in a time of need or just every every day. Given your medical expertise, uh, it seems like you would already have your hands full in a clinic like that, but it seems like you did a lot of administrative yes. stuff there. So mm-hmm. is that something that interests you? Did you kind of fall into that? I kind of, I fell into that because it's something that I had never done before, and I wanted to, to challenge myself with it. Um, it is something that I that I am thinking about potentially in the future um, because I think when a, someone goes to see a physician, there's so much more involved than what goes on in that exam room. There's the wait times when they come in. Are they comfortable? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? You know, people have lives outside of going to the doctor. Yeah. And I think it'd be good to make it as convenient for patients as possible so it's not bad experience to go to the doctor and there's more there's a lot involved in order to do that so you really are into the idea of caring for the patient it's not necessarily just about whipping out the stethoscope or or handing out pills i mean this to me is you're into that whole wellness idea of making sure that a person is is healthy inside and out you know physically metaphorically all those things so do you think that you might want to apply your skills as an administrator, like a hospital administrator, something like that, to make sure that you know that doctors have a good job and that when patients show up, they're having the best time they can at the hospital? That's, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I think for now, at least in the immediate future, I want to kind of give back a little bit and work as a physician and at least learn that part yeah. of medicine before I go and try to be an administer on top without having any experience. One thing at a time, as they <laughs> One say. One thing at a time. Fair enough. Um, all right, so you got this Hodin Award through the Southwestern Medical Foundation. How did you get involved with the Southwestern Medical Center, or foundation, excuse me? Well, actually, the foundation is a charitable, charitable foundation um, that raises a lot of money for UT Southwestern and all of its endeavors. Um, so they actually they sought me out to give me the award. I was, of course, aware of them and all the great work that they had done. Um, but, yeah, it was they came to me. Okay. All right. So <laughs> sounds a little cocky. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's quite, like I said, there, there's nothing better than... than Doing your work and doing your thing and then kind of surprise being uh, awarded for it. I never even thought it was going to happen. People go through their whole lives doing things and never get any recognition. And then to get something like this, it must feel amazing. It's amazing. And there are so many people in my class who have done amazing work in global health, in uh, public health and research and in amazing patient care that to be able to be chosen for this award to represent them is an honor. And I'm simply I'm blown away. I'm still in shock. So you are going to med school at the UT College of Medicine or the UT Southwestern Center? Which, which is this? I'm, I'm UT unclear. Southwestern Medical Center. OK. All right. And so you got out of Vanderbilt. 
mm-hmm. and then you came here. Now, you said yes. you were from the area. Did you specifically want to come back to this area, or was it fortuitous? I really did want to come back to this area. Um, it was really good for college to get out of the state of Texas, meet some other people. and But to come back to Texas uh, was ultimately my goal, and I already had— the reputation of Uchi Southwestern and the experience that you have in the clinical setting and taking care of patients at Parkland was just exceptional on the state and national level. So for me to get accepted to UT Southwestern was my dream. And when I got accepted, I was just ecstatic. Does UT Southwestern put a premium on their ability to teach med students how to deal with people as opposed to just learning knowledge? Because I would think, because to me, if you're going to be a doctor, it's just learning all of learning the human body. I don't actually, as a layman, I don't actually think about the interaction that you're going to have with a doctor as being something that is really going to be a part of your education. To me, it's a lot more of just anatomy books and hands-on training and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So did you feel like you actually got that from UT Southwestern? Absolutely. They teach us about the human side of medicine, both in a formal and informal way. We are each paired um, with a mentor physician from our first year of medical school who teaches us about how to do the exam, but also about difficult patient encounters and struggles and stresses that we might face. And there's somebody that's there for us and that can give us advice as we go along through our years. And I think especially for me, he modeled what it meant to be a good physician. He would show amazing bedside manner, would take us to go talk to a patient so we could watch him do it. And then he would watch us too and would tell us, you know, good job on this. Maybe you should try this instead. It's something that For a lot of people, you know, there's little tiny things you can do to make a patient more comfortable that maybe you don't realize. But once someone points it out to you, it's easy to do. And I think it makes you that much better of a physician. So who was the doctor that you learned from? Dr. Dan Septum. He's in family medicine. All right. Dr. Septum. All right. So was there anything that you can think of that he that he taught you as as far as working with patients that that helped propel you to to be better? This is a really simple thing, um, but I remember when we went to go see our first patient at Parkland, and he went to go talk to them, and the first thing he did was pull up a chair and sat down next to the patient in bed and talked with them at their eye level. Instead of standing up over them and lording over the bed, uh, he sat down with them and put them on an equal level, and that was just the first thing that, that stood out to me that is really important now. Medicine isn't this paternalistic relationship that it used to be before where you just say, do this, I'm the doctor, okay, go. Now it's more of there's a really important patient-doctor relationship that you have to establish in order to work together to um, achieve a common goal. Your, what we call him a mentor, what would we call Dr. Septum? My mentor. Your mentor, Dr. Septum, did he experience the same kind of education when he was in, in your position, or is this something that has kind of developed... Uh, more recently as far as really putting a premium on making sure that the patient is taken care of uh, from a humanistic standpoint? From what I understand, this is especially now become a lot more important to teach medical students about taking care of the patient, about showing compassion and empathy. Um, As medicine is improving and we're learning so much more, and there is a lot of studying from books and anatomy textbooks and everything, but you don't want to lose touch with what you're actually there to do, and that's to treat people and not just diseases. Let's talk about what you're actually going to be doing once you are officially a doctor. Uh, what type of medicine are you, are you going to go into? Or maybe better question is, what is the next step in your education? So the next step in my education is a residency in radiology, um, which is a 
pretty interesting field because you actually don't get to see or touch that many patients. You do a, you spend a lot of your time uh, reading imaging and helping clinicians diagnose patients, helping with their treatment, maybe doing some procedures. Um, and it's an amazingly quickly growing field. It's at the forefront of medicine. Um, but it's one that I think compassion and remaining humanistic is incredibly important when you can't actually see the patient, but to know that you are still treating so many people. How do you think that you're going to apply that then? Because as you're saying that a lot of this is kind of behind the scenes to an extent. You're not maybe going to have as much upfront uh, communication with, with people as other doctors, but you've made this kind of the cornerstone of who you are as a doctor and certainly uh, in your life up to this point. So are you looking to kind of maybe change how radiology is kind of uh, how it functions? Is that something you're looking towards or just maybe adding more to that? I, I am looking to add more to radiology, and I see people doing this already with a lot of radiologists can, will talk to patients when they're doing their procedures and explain what's going on, kind of making radiology a little more uh, visible to the lay public, because a lot of people don't know what's going on pretty much behind the curtain there. Um, and it's also really important that the radiologist be a member of the healthcare team to talk to the other clinicians and help come to a common goal for how to treat a patient so everyone can work together. Actually, that might be a good thing. What does a radiologist do? Very simply, what would a radiologist do? So the radiologist uh, reads all the imaging for a patient. So anytime someone gets an x-ray or an ultrasound or an MRI or a CT, there's somebody that's been specially trained to look over it and identify what could be causing the problem. And they have to keep their eyes open for any possible cause whatsoever. So oftentimes they're the ones that make the diagnosis. And they're the ones that call the clinician and say, your patient might have this you might want to you know, move forward with that. Um, radiologists also do some interventions, so they'll do some biopsies on patients. They can put in, uh, do some more intravascular interventions as well. Is there like an area that you're going to try and apply radiology or are you going to try and keep it broad? Is there something, because like you're saying, it could be very broad, but I'm also assuming that mm -hmm. there are very specific areas of medicine that certain radiologists kind of undertake. Right. And you do, most people do subspecialize, and I plan to subspecialize as well, but that's kind of the million-dollar question right now. Really? What I plan to subspecialize in, because I'm, I'm really not sure. I've gotten to experience a little of it, and thank goodness my residency will be four years long, so it'll give me time to decide what, what area, whether I want to be good at looking at the brain or the bones and the muscles or doing interventions. Who knows? Do you, do you lean towards something? I, I don't even know. I think right now I'm, I'm leaning towards something where you have more interventions involved simply because that gives you more patient contact. Okay. I can't see myself sitting in a room all day and not being able to talk to patients. I want to be able to talk to them and maybe give a face to radiology, too, so the next time they get imaging done, they can think, oh, this is another doctor who's taking care of me. Have you thought about how you're going to interact with doctors? Because it sounds like you're going to have to use a lot of your bedside manner. You're probably going to have to use a lot of bedside manner that was supposed to be for patients actually with other doctors. That is very insightful, and it is completely true. And you really do because you have to be doing your job of reading the imaging, but then getting phone calls from a surgeon and then an internal medicine doctor and then one specialty after another. And you have to be able to recognize who's calling you, understand what their questions for their specialty will be, what they want to know, and answer it appropriately. And it's going to be fun, I think, to have to constantly be switching from the surgeon's mindset to the clinic, to the internal medicine mindset. And That's actually exciting. Mm -hmm. 
It seems like this is going to be a perfect fit for you. Did somebody recommend radiology to you, or is this something that you found on your own? Because it sounds like it's meeting all the requirements of your personality. It really, you get to be the doctor's doctor, which is, yeah. sounds pretty fun. Okay. All right. And you get, to, you know, and lab stuff. So you still get to feel the, the you still get to be the scientist. Yes. In the lab. Mm -hmm. And then you're working with the patients. You're lording over doctors. <laughs> Not lording. <laughs> working alongside them. Working alongside them. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay. So you said that you're going to be doing this for four years. Yes. All right. Now, so the typical career path is you do one year of a preliminary year. I'm going to be doing a transitional year at John Peter Smith in Fort Worth. Okay. And I get to do a little bit of everything there. So a little surgery, a little pediatrics, a little internal medicine. So I can get to know all those clinicians that I'm going to go and help out from the reading room. Then four years of radiology and then one extra year on top of that of your specialty. The one that's the million dollar question, okay. what am I going to do for that final sixth year? Now, do you get to be a part of UT Southwestern for all that outside of going over to Fort Worth? Yes, I'll be back at UT Southwestern for their residency. Now, are are you looking to stay? Do you want to stay with UT Southwestern? I'm not sure how medical school works. Is it one of those things where you are, you know, you're going to be a part of the UT, you know, system or the Southwestern system for <laughs> a long time, and uh, you would probably want to stick with it, but maybe sometimes you don't. Have you? Is that even thought, or is that even thought about? Oh no, it's something that I have thought about, especially because staying with UT Southwestern would be would mean. Being able to stay with the academic side of medicine. And that's a little bit different from private practice because when you're in academics and when you're in a training facility, you get to teach the ne next generation of physicians. And I love teaching so much. And I've learned that I learn a subject best by trying to teach it and getting my students to ask me questions that maybe I've never considered or I don't even know the answer to. Um, so that's something that I'm definitely interested in, either staying at UT Southwestern or staying in academic medicine. I hear a lot of people say that, with, that teaching, when they feel comfortable enough to teach it to somebody else, that's when they actually feel comfortable in their knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you're that kind of personality. Absolutely. But I don't even feel comfortable teaching sometimes, too. I'll feel like I'm doing just great, and then someone asks a question that I've never thought about, or they'll have this totally unique approach to something. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. okay. It's an absolutely you good thing. It's a humble thing. You don't want people to be overly thing. confident about yes, stuff like that, so no. that's a great mindset to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, are, are you still involved with the uh, uh, Agape Women's Clinic? I'm not a manager there anymore. We pass that on to each year. We get a fresh new set of manager, new, new sets of eyes to help grow the clinic. So, But I do go there and volunteer. What do you so if you go and volunteer, what what do you do? Um, as a volunteer, I get to do the clinical side of things, which okay. is pretty fun. After not doing the administrative side of things, I get to go and and see the patients and talk to them and educate them about their health and perform and do a woman well woman exam as well. So you you've made service such a, a huge part of your life, but you're going into a very a, as busy as you have been. You're probably going to get more busy. So have you thought about how you're going to be able to kind of uh, marry those two in the, in the immediate future? Are you still going to be able to help people and do that nonprofit charity type stuff in addition to your studies and really becoming the doctor that you want to be? I have, and I know that it's going to get more and more busy in the future, but I think there are a lot of ways that you can even apply service within radiology and your skills as a radiologist, which is a specialist that a lot of countries, for example, don't have enough of. So there's a lot of programs where you can read films from another country that they really desperately need this read for their patients, but they have a backlog. So that's some that's an opportunity to do some service there. But also there's a lot of community service opportunities outside of medicine that I enjoy doing as well. Has has being with the Southwestern Medical, has it been what you thought it would be, the experience that you've had so far? Absolutely. It has been 
an amazing, best four years of my life. Actually, not college. It was med school. It was the best four years <laughs> of my life. And um, I think it really hit me during my third year of medical school when I got to go into the clinics and take care of this diverse patient population and get to know so many different people from so many walks of life and learn from leaders in the field as well. I feel very confident that I have a strong skill set going forward. So you said it was your third year that your eyes kind of really opened. Yes. So what was it? Was there a specific thing that happened or was it just the experience of actually really getting to get out from behind the books? I think it was the experience of being able to get out from behind the books, to leave the library and actually be able to apply your knowledge. And when we work on uh, in the clinics, we work with a team. So I get to work with residents who are just a few years ahead of me and then attendings who are many years ahead of me and learn from all of them. And it's an amazing on-the-job learning experience. I feel like when you go into hospitals, you get a feeling immediately. There's something about hospitals. You walk in, it's either a good feeling or it is, uh, I wouldn't even call it a bad feeling. I would just say it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you, how would you characterize the feeling of where you're working and the things that you're doing there? I think UT Southwestern has taken amazing strides to change hospitals from that stressful experience to something more calming where healing can actually take place. And so for a lot of these hospitals, they have kind of a uh, onstage, offstage uh, set up where the patients are on stage and there's not all this hustle and bustle and noise and everything, but our little teams are going to be off stage, hidden away, working together, and then going out and calmly seeing the patients and seeing how they're doing. So I think it hasn't been, it's been stressful in terms of it's been a very challenging experience for me, both academically, interpersonally, but I've had so many people to support me and help me along the way that it's been a wonderful growing experience. So do you really, do you feel like this is where, after going through all of this and knowing that you still have a long way to go, are you in the right place? Is this what you should be doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that I decided to go to medical school. And I remember uh, in my first year, my mom told me, okay, if you want to quit, just let me know. And that was just her, she put it out there, I won't be mad at you, but if this isn't the way that you want to go, you can quit. Because medicine is, it's a calling. It's a very difficult career to have, but it is a very rewarding career at the same time. And I'm very, very glad that I kind of took the plunge, went to medical school, and I am where I am now. Does it feel real? It's starting to feel real, yes. Kind of sinking in a little bit? It is starting to sink in. I start July 1st, so all that's starting to sink in, that that's when I'm going to be the doctor, and that's when I'm going to be the one that's having to go and take care of the patients and be the first one there. And luckily at Southwestern, as a medical student, they often put us in that role and had us go and see the patient first and try to come up with our own plan first, which then we would present to the group, and they would either say, good job, yeah, we'll do that, or "Mm, maybe we'll try something different, but good try. Um, So, but finally I'm going to be able to do that myself. Lauren Kolsky is the 2017 recipient of the Ho Din Award from the Southwestern Medical Foundation. She's going to be a doctor soon, and the future looks bright. Thank, Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you.